we've been talking about the different, uh, kind of like the different doctrines or different, uh, you know, words sometimes that we, uh, that we talk about and that we hear about and maybe we don't fully understand. And, uh, and you know, so we've, got, we've, got, we've come through a lot of them. We've talked about covenant. We've talked about righteousness, sanctification last week, um, you know, holiness, um, you know, the, the importance of the virgin birth. We've, I mean, we talked about all kinds of different, different topics. So as I was praying, asking the Lord which direction to go, I just, I just really felt impressed that um, to start, to start a, a, and this will be more than one week, I know, but uh, to, to talk about the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, let, me, let me ask this, and I kind of start out every time we, when we talk about these, these different words and when we introduce, in, introduce something. Um, what do you guys think of when you, when you hear uh, Holy Spirit or when, when you know, somebody preaches about the Holy Spirit or, or just, you know... Um, what what do you guys you know what's what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about Holy Spirit? My guts. Your guts. All right. Yeah. <coughs> Friend. Friend. That's good. Anybody else? Paul. I think about, I think about the kingdom. Kingdom. Sure, yeah. And so we we have until the Holy Spirit comes back into us, Jesus is just lost. Sure, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. Good. Somebody else? What what do you think of um let me let me ask it a different way maybe. What is um <clears throat> what is the biggest area that the Holy Spirit helps you in? Let me ask you that way. Or what's the biggest thing the Holy Spirit helps you accomplish or help you do? Power. Yeah. Good. Instruction. Leads. Yeah, leads and guides. Good. I'm sorry. Communication. Yeah, communicate. Communication. <laughs> Connect. All right, good. Oh, I mean, all of that's all of that's right. I mean, all of that's good stuff, right? Um, I think sometimes, you know, uh, well, no, I know that, um, you know, we, the Holy Spirit's another one of those. Now, the Holy Spirit's one that uh, Brother Hagin used to say, Brother Hagin would say, like, now I don't think it's that way now, but Brother Hagin would talk about like in his day, you know, when he was, when he was growing up, he would talk about, he, he would say that the Holy Spirit was the most uh, ignored person in the church. You know, I mean, because he said that people talked about Jesus all the time, people talk about God all the time, but nobody wanted to talk about the Holy Ghost, you know. And still, to be honest with you, in some churches, that's still true. You know, there's still, there's, and, and I think we mentioned this Sunday or sometime, but, but there's, you know, there's churches that, and, and I was reading about one the other day, and uh, where, they, that, where they had said that the pastor had, they had kind of, uh, they, they were, it was a kind of a seeker-friendly church, and, uh, and they had made the, the decision that they were not going to allow the Holy Spirit to move on Sunday mornings. That, you know, that, in other words, no gifts of the Spirit, no prophecy, tongues, uh, you know, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, things that might freak people out. You know, uh, I love Mark Hankins always talked about that um, <clears throat> when he teaches on the Holy Spirit. He'd always talk about how his mama was, he, he said his mama was always kind of wild, you know, and said the Holy Ghost would get to moving and said, said she'd get, her foot would get to tapping and 
So then next thing you know, you know, she's standing up kind of, kind of, whoo, 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 you know, that, and all of a sudden, so she, so she, it's like she was winding her up, and then all of a sudden she'd take off running, you know. And, and he, said, he said that one day he walked in, and he said he never did invite people, his friends, to his church. Because he said they were crazy. He said, them Holy Ghost people, they're crazy, you know. And he said he walked in, and he said that his biggest nightmare came to pass. He said one of his best friends was sitting there in church. And he thought, oh, my gosh. And he went over and said, he said, what are you doing here? You know, he's like, oh, my mom got invited, so she brought me. You know, he said, I'm so glad you were here. So Mark said he's just sitting there praying, Lord, please do not let, please do not let Mama get up and run, you know. And said, said so the service started, and, and said, sure enough, said, said he, heard, he heard her foot tapping. He's like, Lord, no. So he said, Lord, stop her. You know, then all of a sudden he heard her, whoo, whoo, like that. And said, sure enough, boy, said she got wound up and said she took off running. Said that, said that guy, said his, his friend's eyes got real big. He said he just watched her make laps around the church. You know, he, and he looked at her and he said, who is that? Mark said, he just looked at her and said, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. And he said, he said, but I mean, he said, you know, he realizes now that he shouldn't have been ashamed of things like that. But, but sometimes, sometimes, you know, in denominational churches, when, when the term Holy Spirit comes up, it is kind of a, you know, it is kind of something that they're not aware of. They're not, they're afraid of because it makes people act that way sometimes is what they think, you know, and, um, you know, so, so I think it's important for us, as I was praying about this, I think it's important that now all of us, I know we're, we're used to things happening and the Holy Spirit moving, so I know that's not an issue here. But I wanted to go back and I wanted to teach, I wanted to teach this different than I've ever taught it before about the Holy Spirit. And I want to go a little bit deeper probably than I've ever taught it before. And, and you know, the Lord spoke to me a couple of years ago and told me I needed to slow down in some of my teaching and, and just take the time to to really teach things, you know. And um, so so I want to take some time the next three or four weeks, I don't know how long we'll do, but to really dig into some, some areas maybe of the Holy Spirit that we hadn't thought about, things that, that maybe that we don't necessarily teach on all the time, uh, and, and just really, um, really start looking at the importance, what I titled this one tonight, was just the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because the reality should be this, really, for, for born-again for born again Christians, and especially born-again Spirit-filled Christians, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit should be the most, one of the most important people in our lives. You know, the first thing we have to realize is this, is that the Holy Spirit's not an it, that He's a person. You know, He is part of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's as much God as Jesus is. You know, like I said, a lot, a lot of times we hear a lot about God. We hear a lot about Jesus. But, you know, we should hear just as much about the Holy Spirit because they're, 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 they're the three. They're the three in one, the one in three, three in one. They're the Trinity. They're, they're the same. You know, they have the same attributes, the same. I mean, they have different personalities. They have different uh, aspects that they do. But yet, at the same time, they're, the Holy Spirit is as much God as Jesus is. And, you know, and, and we need to be aware of that. So, um, so, so I want to, uh, you know, like I said, now I, I've, I've, I've got a lot of different resources on the Holy Spirit. Brother Hagen's got a lot of good stuff. I won't be using some of his stuff. Mark Hankins has got a lot of good stuff. Uh, this sheet that I gave you tonight is from Rick Renner. Uh, Rick Renner is just, I mean, one of my favorite Bible teachers of all time. Um, how many of you, how many of you uh, uh, have the sparkling gems from Rick Renner? Any of y'all know what that is? Have you got? Uh, have y'all got both one and two? You gave one of them away. 
All right. So, all right. If, if you are ever... Now, listen, I, if, I'll, I'll put a plug in for this. If you are ever looking for um, a devotional to, to go deeper than you've ever gone before, Rick Renner, Sparkling Gems 1 and 2, uh, they're big, thick books. I should have brought... I've got one in my office. They're big, thick books, but... Um, they're a 365-day devotional, and um, and you know it's not just a one-page thing. I mean, each each day is like three or four pages, and it's got they go. He goes in depth into the Greek, uh, studying words and different things like that. And he's just a, he's an amazing teacher. God's given him an incredible gift. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to be using some of his stuff as well. And, of course, putting my own twist on it and, and some things that I've learned as well. But, but this sheet that you're looking at tonight, I, I pulled this. Uh, this is directly from one of Rick Renner's teachings. So, um, <clears throat> but but I, I, thought, I thought this fit in perfect with what, with what I wanted to, to talk about tonight. So, so, uh, so we're going to start on talking about the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The first thing, you know, when, when we see the Holy Spirit and when we think about the Holy Spirit... And we ask the question, you know, how important should the Holy Spirit be in our lives and how much emphasis should we give to the Holy Spirit? I think the best place to look... See, because now we have to... And probably I probably even should have started before this. I mean, I should have backed up even further. But we have to realize this, is that in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, the people of the Old Testament did not have the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost... And we'll see some of these scriptures, and we'll talk about this. I don't know whether we'll get to it today or not, but but um, you know the Holy Spirit was not given until Jesus, after Jesus died and was resurrected. Um, now the Holy Spirit had a role, and He was always present in the Old Testament. But the only people that that really experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, there were three people that the Holy Spirit would come and rest upon at times. But He would He would come and He would go in the Old Covenant. And it was the priest, and it was the prophet, and it was the king. When you, when you read the Old Testament, when you go through the Old Testament, you'll see that like if a king had uh, questions or if a king wanted to know if, uh, if he should do something or if he should go into battle or if he, would, you know, if he wanted an answer, he would always look for the prophet. He would always seek out a prophet or the priest. If you remember, the, the, they had and they had distinct jobs in the Old Testament. The priest was always there to offer sacrifices. He was always there to do uh, to do kind of like the, uh, I guess for a, the lack of a better word, maybe the religious side of things. That's the reason you remember Saul got into trouble when he was getting ready to go into war. And he called the priest, and and he didn't, and the priest didn't come in his the time he wanted. So Saul made the offering himself, and and you know, and then the priest showed up and said, "What are you doing?" He said, "You do, do you realize that you just you just did something really bad, and the kingdom will be ripped from you because of that." And you know, because the the king took tried to take the place of the of the priest, and in the Old Testament that what that was not a good thing. For us in the New Testament, the Bible tells us that we are both kings and priests. So that's a whole other teaching. We'll, we'll get into that probably some in this. But, but in the Old Testament, we have, to, we have to realize this. In the Old Testament, he rested on those three people, the king, the priest, and the prophet. And he would come and go. And, you know, and, and he, never, he never lived on the inside of any of them. <clears throat> it was always He would always come upon them. He would always influence them, but he never lived on the inside of them. 
there's an amazing thing, and you've heard me say this many times, but I think when we get to heaven, you know, if we think about natural things, I think when we talk to Elijah, when we talk to Moses, when we talk to Isaiah and Jeremiah, some of those guys, you know, I, it would not surprise me at all if they didn't ask the question, what was it like to have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you? You know, you would be unstoppable. There was nothing you could do. What was it like to to, uh, to have the power of God at, 24-7 at your disposal, you know? And, and I always kind of joke, and we'll, we'll all be saying, well, I kind of just made it by the skin of my teeth, you know? I barely got here. And they're going to look at us and say, what? You know, how could how could you not be successful knowing that you've got God living on the inside of you 24-7? You know, and, I mean, because they didn't have that. They, they yearned. They, they yearned for the day that you and I are living in because they prophesied about a day when God would take out the, the stony heart and put a heart of flesh in and He would come and dwell and live on the inside of believers. They prophesied about it, but they never experienced it themselves. And it wasn't until, it wasn't until Jesus died and rose again and when He went to heaven that, that He poured the Holy Spirit out on the day of Pentecost and and that, that, you know, the, I believe that the disciples were the first ones to be born again and, and to have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. And, um, you know, so, so the, the privilege that you and I have is, is something that the Old Covenant prophets and, and priests and the, the patriarchs of old in the Old Covenant did not have. We have something that they didn't have. And that's the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. That's incredible. You know, so so that's that's the first thing we have to understand about it. But 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 then probably um, looking at the importance of how important the Holy Spirit was in the life of Jesus. Now we have to remember Jesus was still living under the old covenant. Jesus. Now the Bible says that he had the Spirit. The Spirit was upon him, and and he had the Spirit in full measure. But we we do have to understand that Jesus. You know, uh, when he was living. He, now he did, and we understand that Jesus he was he was 100% man and 100% God, but he never did anything on this earth as God. Everything he did on this earth he did as man, because if he did it as God, then we would all just say, "Well, that was Jesus," and that's not me. I'm not God, you know. But what Jesus did, he showed us what a man full of the Holy Spirit, the the, the capabilities of a man influenced and led and and controlled by the Holy Spirit. He showed us the possibility of what that man could do to the full extent. You know, so, so Jesus would be a great place for us under, from the New Covenant perspective to look and say, okay, how important was the Holy Spirit in his life? And, and then to take, take it from there and say, if that was true in his life, how much more should it be in our lives? Amen. So let's look here at our um, paper that I gave you. And uh, we'll just read this. The believers in the first century had a passion for the Holy Spirit's power and for experiencing His gifts at work among them. We see throughout the book of Acts, we see that throughout the book of Acts. Yet no one, no one on earth knew the Holy Spirit better and more intimately than Jesus Himself. How connected, how connected were Jesus and the Holy Spirit? They were completely connected. From the beginning of his life and his earthly ministry through the end of his life and his resurrection, Christ was inseparably connected with the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And then he gives us a quick list of this. And I, I, I was just going to read this, but I want to, I want to look at these scriptures. I, you know, the, the, the Lord told, the Lord reminded me again today, I, the Holy Spirit reminded me again today. He said, slow down and read these. Don't just, don't just glance over them and not think about it. But we're asking the question, how connected was Jesus and the Holy Spirit? How important was the Holy Spirit in Jesus' life? The first thing, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary. Let's look at Matthew one twenty. Now, some of these scriptures we know, and you know, you might think, well, why are you reading it? Because I want you to see with your own eyes um, what the Word says about this. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. Um, <clears throat> Ginger, I, I have a, I've, I got a new Bible, and uh, and Stacy's been trying to get me, get me to go to the New King James for a long time, so I finally switched over to the New King James, and I, I, I put the New King James on there, so it's it's on there. So you might just put that up there, so it'll read the same. And I've still got my amplified version too, so uh, I couldn't get away from that. So I, I, yeah. So so anyway, so I want to be reading this from the New King James, and uh, and I kind of compare them to make sure that they're. That they're they're very is very close. So uh, it just like I said, take it does put it just into a little bit more modern language. I mean, basically, it's the biggest differences. But uh, Matthew chapter one verse twenty, it says this. But while he thought about these things, talking about Joseph, while Joseph thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, "Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her." is of the Holy Spirit. So we see from the very first from the very introduction of Jesus himself into this world that he was he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now we know that. We we looked at the the importance of the virgin birth, you know, we saw that long, you know, a few weeks back when we looked at that. But we have to understand that Jesus Joseph was not Joseph was not Jesus's natural father. The Holy Spirit was. The Bible says, and in other places where it says that when, when the angel showed up to Mary, the Bible says the, the, that the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and she conceived. You know, so the Holy Spirit was the one that, that planted the seed of Jesus on the inside of Mary. And she was a virgin and, and she had never had relationships with a man. And the Holy Spirit was the one that, that just a supernatural impartation into the womb of Mary and Jesus was conceived on the inside of Mary because, and I believe it goes back to where Mary, where Mary said, where she, she told the angel, she said, be it unto me as you speak. You know, as you say, be it unto me. She didn't understand it. She pondered those things. But she told that angel, she said, whatever you say, I, you know, I believe and I do. So, so the Holy Spirit was the one that conceived Jesus from the very beginning. So, so he, his life started... On this earth, by the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, the conception of the Holy Spirit in that. Then turn over to Matthew 3, just a couple of chapters over, Matthew 3, and verse 16. This was the, the baptism of Jesus. So Jesus was born, and, and he, uh, he was about 30 years old, which was the time that, that people could enter into the ministry at that time. And, um, and so, so John the Baptist was out, um, out, um, you know, now, and we could even, and he didn't list this, but you remember the story of, of when the angel showed up to Mary and told Mary that Elizabeth, her cousin, was pregnant and, and said, you know, that she was already like six or seven months pregnant. And when Mary, so Mary left 
for as soon as the Holy Spirit, as soon as she conceived, Mary left and went down to see her cousin Elizabeth. And when she walked in the room where where Elizabeth was, the Bible says that John the Baptist leapt in in Mary or in Elizabeth's womb, and it says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, the Holy Spirit came on John the Baptist in the womb, and and you know, and and uh, so John the Baptist was born, and he he was you know as he grew, he became a he became a prophet, he became a a, a minister or you know one that uh, and the Bible says that he was the one, the the voice crying in the wilderness. Saying, prepare the way that you know the Messiah is coming, and so he was out there, and he was he was uh, in, in chapter in Matthew three verse three, you know he was saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight, you know. So John the Baptist was preaching and saying Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, and and the Messiah is coming. He didn't say Jesus, he said the Messiah is coming, and and then uh, you know and he was baptizing people, and and he and the Holy Spirit had told him the one that 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 uh, the Spirit rested upon, he would know that that was the Messiah. Well, Jesus shows up when John the Baptist is baptizing people, and he goes down and, and, and tells John, I want you to baptize me. And, you know, John, of course, said, John said, well, he said, you know, he said, he said I need to be baptized of you, you know, because John recognized that, that he was the Messiah. But, uh, but here, but, but Jesus told him, he said, permit this to be so for now and, and uh, so John baptized him, but in verse 16, this is Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, it says this, when, when Jesus, when he had been baptized, when Jesus had been baptized, he, he came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting or resting upon him. So, so when, when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, he came up out of the water, the one translator, one one part says that the the heavens opened like a scroll, and he saw the whole, he saw the spirit of God descending out of heaven. And it, now notice that you know a lot of times we say the Holy Spirit is a is a dove, but it didn't say that he was a dove. It said it was like a dove, and and I believe I believe it was in the in the fact that a dove is real peaceful, and it wasn't a you know I mean the 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 Holy Spirit just descended down out of heaven. And rested on Jesus, and that's the that's how John knew, you know. John knew that that he was the that Jesus was the Messiah. So so the Spirit of God, he he can you know he was he conceived Jesus. The, the Holy Spirit conceived him. Then here at the baptism, when he was baptized, he came and rested upon Jesus, and he he stayed on him. Then in uh, look in Luke chapter four, and we're just and like I said, we could probably preach on each one of these things. But in Luke chapter 4, we find that the Holy Spirit leads. He was leading Jesus. Um, now, he didn't put this. He put in here that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit before, during, and after his testing in the wilderness. And he listed John 4, 4 or Luke 4.14. But I want you to look at Luke, Luke 4, 1 first, and then we'll skip down to verse 14. But Luke chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, so see here, here Jesus was, and this was right after. I mean, this was right after his baptism. This is right after, you know, right after he was baptized. Um, it just we, we switched over to Luke's account for this, but this was right after the baptism. It says, "Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness." And so, so then, uh, and we know that when he went into the wilderness. He was tempted. That was the, the temptation that he was there for 40 days. 
Um, and he and verse two says he was being tempted for forty days of the devil, and he ate nothing. And afterwards, when they ended, he was hungry. You know, I mean, and Jesus and the and the Satan tempted him. And of course, we know that Jesus answered every temptation. He was filled with the Spirit. He was he answered every temptation that the devil brought his way. And then, if you skip all the way down in verse to verse thirteen, it says this: Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him. Until, until an opportune time. In other words, he had tried everything he could and he couldn't get to Jesus, so he left. That's good news. Amen. And then verse 14 says this, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. So I want you to notice that. He says that in verse 1, he says, He was filled with the Holy Spirit and he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness he stayed there 40 days without eating, and he was hungry, and he was tired. But after the Holy Spirit, after the Holy Spirit dealt with him and, and, he, and finished that temptation with the devil, it says he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit led Jesus. This is only one instance we have, but we know that in many other times the Holy Spirit led Jesus in everything that he did. So, so, you know, he was conceived, he was baptized by the Spirit, and now we see that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Um, and then Luke four eighteen and 19, we just read that. Uh, he was empowered to minister by the Holy Spirit. Or, or actually, we didn't read it, but, but when, when, when here after, uh, in Luke 14, it says that he returned to Galilee, and, and then that's when he went to the temple and he opened up the Bible and, and he opened up the scroll and he, he picked the scroll up and he read from Isaiah 61 and he said this, and this is from verse 18 here in Luke chapter 4. Jesus found the place where it was written and here's what Jesus said. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20, he says, Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes, the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And Jesus began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Wow. So, so after, after he went through that temptation, the Holy Spirit had led him and then he empowered him. He walked into the temple. He found the place. He found himself in the scrolls. And, he, and, and this is an amazing thing. because There's so much in this because, because you know, there was a seat in the temple uh, reserved for the Messiah. And nobody ever sat in it. I mean, it was, it, nobody ever. Because it was reserved for the Messiah when he showed up. And, and it was interesting that there was always a reading. They, they had a certain pattern that they would read from. But it says when, when they handed Jesus the scroll, he found himself. It says he found the portion of Scripture. He found Isaiah 61. Now, it wasn't named Isaiah 61 at the time, it was, you know, because that was the, the names and divisions and chapters and stuff were added later. But he found where the Scripture said that. And he opened the Scripture. Could you, I mean, put yourself in that place for a moment. Here the Son of God is that had just came 
and he had been baptized, and he knew that his ministry was started. He, he had just come through 40 days of temptation. He, he had defeated the devil in every turn. The Holy Spirit had empowered him. He was full of the Holy Spirit, full of power, full of authority. He walks into the temple. He gets the scroll. He opens it up, and he reads from the prophet, and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I mean, what, man, what a, I mean, that, and I could just imagine, you know, other places said that, that when Jesus spoke that people would look around, look at each other and say, you know, what type of man is this? His, his own disciples said that about him. They, they looked at him and they said, who is this guy? They said, even the wind and the waves obey him. So could you imagine when he walked into the synagogue that day? And he grabbed the scroll and he opened it up and he started reading this. And he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has set me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim at liberty the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he handed the scroll back to the guy and he sat down in the seat that was reserved for the Messiah. And it says that every eye in the place was on him. I mean, I guarantee you, you could have heard a pin drop at that moment. Now, you probably started hearing the blood boil, too, of the, of the priests and the, the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees that were in the place thinking, who does this guy think he is? Nobody sits in that seat. You know, but then Jesus said this, and I love how it says he began to say, because he didn't get to finish what he was, he didn't get to finish his sermon that day. Because the religious people ran him out of the place. But it says he began to say, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Man. I mean, that is what it looks like to be, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. To be full of the Holy Spirit. To walk into a place and command the room and to, and every eye in the place be on you. Not because he, not because he was, you know, so good looking or because he had the most money or, or he gave the most or he did the most or whatever. It was just like the power of God was on him. And there was something about it. Have you ever been in a place where you just see somebody and you're just like, there's something about that person? And, you know, and, and it, it might be a minister, it might be a lay person, it might just be somebody in a business somewhere, but you just know that there's something about that person. And that something is the Holy Spirit. You know, it says he began to say, and, and, and so then it says, it says that all who bore witness to him marveled at the gracious words which he proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? You know, so they started reasoning. They started asking, who is this? You know, and then, of course, you know, that the goes on and the religious people get all upset. But, but anyway, but he was empowered to minister by the Holy Spirit. And guess what? You are too. That's the incredible thing about it. That's the point we're getting at. Turn back over to Matthew chapter 12. Man, that's exciting right there. I want to check that DVD out when I get to heaven. That, that, would, be a fun, that would be a fun one to watch. Matthew chapter 12, Jesus cast out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, You know, here, uh, we'll just read this in context just so we can see this. We'll just start Matthew 12, verse 22. It says, Then one one was brought to Jesus, one was brought to him, uh, Matthew 12, 22, one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him, so that the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw. 
guys, I mean, Brother Hagin always declared that. He, he would always say that healing is God's dinner bell. You know, you start getting people healed, and people will come to see. And people will come to hear. You know, what's going on? I mean, how, how are them people getting people healed? And what's going on here? So here this guy was deaf, blind, or he was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him. And it says, And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts. And he said to them, so this is a word of wisdom. You see? I mean, because you remember, everything Jesus did, he did as a man. He, he didn't know their thoughts because he was God. He knew their thoughts because he had the Holy Spirit working in his life. And it says, it says Jesus knew their thoughts and he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. He said, if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then shall his kingdom stand? And he said, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons and daughters cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. And then look at verse 28. He says, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God. Now notice. They, they accused him of casting out demons by Satan himself. But Jesus said, but Jesus turned the table on He said, but I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God. So it was the Holy Spirit working through Jesus that was casting out demons. He says, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Mm-mm. He, he, said, I, he said, I just wanted to introduce you to the kingdom right here. What's the kingdom, Jesus? I'm casting out devils, healing the sick. Come on. And it's when the Holy Spirit was working through him. Amen. Luke chapter 5. Man, I mean, I could, I could preach on every one of these. I mean, these are good. This, this, but, but what I'm, wanting, I'm hoping what you're seeing here is, is the, the importance that Jesus, everything Jesus did, it was by the power of the Holy Spirit. Every area of his life. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So the whole place was full of religious people. And it says that the power of God was there while Jesus was teaching to heal every one of them. Now, you go on and read the story, and, and this is the story that where the four men brought, the, the, brought the, the paralyzed guy, and they couldn't find a way in, so they tore the roof off and let him down. And, and, and you know, the incredible thing about that story is that, that when they let him down, Jesus healed the paralyzed guy. And nobody else in the room, the, the Bible doesn't tell us of anybody else in the room getting healed. Only the guy that, that his four friends let him down, tore the roof off and let him down through the roof. But, but in verse 17, notice what it said. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. In other words, everybody in that house could have got healed that day 
if they had only believed. And it was the power of God working through Jesus. In other words, it was the Spirit of God working through Him. And He works through us the same way today. Jesus taught, and this is John chapter 14 through 16, and we won't turn there, to, but, but some of my favorite scriptures, probably two or three of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible, because Jesus teaches about the Holy Spirit. John 14, 15, and 16. And, and, you know, this was some of his last words to his disciples. And he, you know, as he was teaching them and as he was telling them and talking to them, he was sharing with them about the Holy Spirit, about, about the fact that that's where the Scripture where he told them, he told them, he said, it's, it's far better. He said, it's expedient for you that I go away. Now, you can imagine the disciples didn't want to hear that. They were sad. When, he started, when Jesus started talking about leaving, the disciples had spent three and a half years with him. You know, three, three years and a few months or whatever the case may be. And, and it was getting close to three and a half years because this was right before he's crucified. And Jesus starts preparing them, starts saying, guys, I'm getting ready to leave. And where I'm going, you can't go right now. And they're all like, no, Jesus, we'll go wherever you go. It don't matter. We'll cross the sea. We'll cross the desert. We'll do whatever. You know, Jesus, we'll always be with you. But Jesus, but Jesus told him, he said, the cup I'm getting ready to drink, you can't, you can't partake of it. You know, and, and what he was telling them, he's like, guys, I'm getting ready to die. And they didn't want to hear it. You remember, and even Peter said, Peter said, no, he said, he said I'll die before you. I'll, I'll, you know, he said, he said, I'll never let anybody take your life. But what he didn't realize, that's when Jesus told him, he said, guys, listen. He said, it's far better for you if I go away. Because he said, when I go away, he said, you know, what he was telling them is when, I, when I'm crucified and when I'm raised from the dead and when I go back to my Father, he said, I'll be able to release the Holy Spirit. And he said, and it's far better for you that the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of every one of you instead of having just one of me down here. Because he said, and, and you know, and, and I've taught this many times, Jesus told him, he said, I'll, he said, I'll give you another comforter. That word another means one that's identical. One of the same kind, identical. And what Jesus was saying basically was this. He said, when I go to heaven and I, and the Holy, and I release the Holy Spirit, he's, he, basically he could have said it this way. It, it will be just like me living on the inside of every one of you. It's, it, it, he'll be identical to me. There'll be nothing different between him and me. And he said, he's, he, said not, he said, he will not only be with you, but he is going to live in you. And man, that's the promise. That's what you and I are living in today. Jesus, Jesus was the first one to demonstrate. Now listen, I just, you know, we just read just a few, a few scriptures here about, you know, he was conceived, he was baptized, he was led, he was empowered, he cast demons out, he healed others. And now Jesus start, is starting to tell his disciples and just remind them the very same things I did, you guys can do and so much more. Because, because the Comforter is coming. The Comforter, the Counselor, the Advocate, the Standby, the Strengthener, the, you know, I mean, just the Intercessor, the seven, all seven attributes of the Holy Spirit. I mean, He's coming to live on the inside of you. Hebrews chapter 9, 14, we won't turn to that one either, but it just basically says that, that Jesus offered Himself up and was crucified in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then in, turn to, to Romans chapter 8. I want you to see this one, and we'll, we'll probably just finish up with this tonight. We won't get into the rest of, the, the rest of it, but <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. See, because this right here, man, this is the Scripture I've been wanting to get to. Because listen, because all these things are great with Jesus, 
I mean, all these things, you know, is wonderful. And we, we've seen how much Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit and how much, you know, and how much Jesus, I mean, you know, the Holy Spirit was so important to him in his ministry and his life. And then here Paul, Paul tells us this in verse, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, and we could read other scriptures to go with this, but, but we'll just pick out verse 11 here. In verse 11 it says this, in Romans 8, verse 11, it says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. And we can say it, we, we say it a different way, and there's other scriptures that says it this way too, but, but we can say it this way. The very same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives on the inside of every one of us. It was, his gra- it was God's greatest display of strength when He raised Jesus from the dead. When, when, he, when he reached into the, the depths of hell after Jesus had paid the price and He raised Him from the dead and brought Him out of the depths of hell. The first man ever to be brought back from the depths of hell. And He didn't come as a... He didn't come as a uh, as somebody who had, who had done like a jailbreak, so to speak, he came out victorious. He had the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And then he turned around and he turned around and he said, Now, I'm putting the, that same power, that same authority, I'm putting it in you. We don't have to go looking for it. We don't have to ask God to give it to us. We don't have to ask Him to get more of it because the very same power, that very same Spirit that raised Him from the dead now dwells on the inside of you and me. Glory to God. So let me ask this question to you again. How important is the Holy Spirit to you? If He was that important to Jesus... Don't you think that we should put more emphasis on the Holy Spirit? Let's, let's read these last couple things here, and then, and then we, we won't get into the ten symbols. We'll look at that next, the next time. Before His final ascension into heaven, Jesus promised the baptism in the Holy Spirit to His disciples. Acts 1.8, we know that scripture. These were His last words, the Great Commission. We, we read that in Matthew and Luke in, in, in Acts it says, once, once, at the, once at the Father's right hand, He poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. This was His first act that He took, this was His first act after He took His place next to the Father. From the beginning to the end of His life in His earthly ministry, Jesus and the Holy Spirit were inseparable. Everything Christ did, He did in partnership with the Spirit. Now listen to, listen to this next this paragraph here. Interestingly, the Holy Spirit is mentioned 56 times in the four Gospels. 57 times in the book of Acts alone. So the first five books of the New Testament, He's mentioned 113 times. The Spirit is mentioned 112 times in Paul's epistles. And another 36 times in the remaining books of the New Testament. When you add it all up, you'll discover 261 references to the Holy Spirit in the New Testament alone. This signifies the major importance of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Since the Holy Spirit is referred to so frequently, how vital do you think He should be in your life? I think that's a good question to end on. And, and if you don't think much about the Holy Spirit and you don't, um, 
you don't rely on the Holy Spirit, you don't lean on Him, I encourage you to start. I encourage you to, I encourage you to, to, uh, to dig in and learn about the Holy Spirit. There's so much stuff, man. There's so much stuff you can learn about the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, we're all learning. Nobody's got the, the market cornered on it, right? I mean, we're all learning every day more and more how we can trust the Holy Spirit in our lives. So I just encourage you, uh, and, we'll, and we'll pick up the ten symbols, um, that, the ten symbolic depictions of the Spirit throughout the, throughout the Bible, and, and then uh, the, the book of Acts, we'll look at that. And some other, we've got, I've got a lot of other things that we're going to talk about. But, but as, we get, as we got started to this, I just really wanted, I hope I, hope I, I hope I showed, I hope we could all realize how important the Holy Spirit was to Jesus and if he was that important to Jesus, how important he should be to us. Now, a lot of times, listen, we rely on Jesus and we, you know, we rely on God. We, we you know, we, we pray in Jesus' name. We, we talk about our Father and, and you know, and, and all that's wonderful and that's great. And we should do those things. But, but my question is, you know, how much time do we, do we spend talking to the Holy Spirit? Because he's the one living on the inside of us. You know, I remember years ago, uh, I read Benny Hinn's book, uh, Good Morning Holy Spirit. Man, that was such a... That, at the time when, when I was just learning about, about spirit-filled things, uh, if you want a good book, man, and, and I mean, there's John Deere, uh, Jack Deere wrote some uh, incredible, couple incredible books about the Holy Spirit, you know, that we read back when Stacy and I were first getting filled with the Holy Spirit and, and get walking in these things. But that book by Benny Hinn, man, Good Morning Holy Spirit, that, that told his story, Benny Hinn's story about getting spirit-filled. Uh, Benny Hinn grew, came up under Catherine Kuhlman. And, man, some of the stories he tells about her is like, wow. I mean, just incredible. But, but Benny Hinn tells the story about how, how he, would, he would wake up every morning and, and the first thing he would say is, Good morning, Holy Spirit. You know, he would start the day off just talking to the Holy Spirit. And how the Holy Spirit would talk back, and, and, and he learned how to hear the Holy Spirit, and, and uh, you know, the journey, the friendship, the the companionship. Uh, somebody mentioned that. Somebody said friend when when you think of the Holy Spirit, the friendship that we can have with the Holy Spirit is like it's unlike anything you'll ever experience in the natural. He wants to be your friend. Jesus called him your friend. <laughs> You know, I mean, at, at different places, we'll see we'll see some of the some of the descriptions that Jesus that how Jesus described him. But I just I encourage you. Uh, I pray that I pray that you all that that we all have a good relationship with the Holy Spirit, and we that we spend time, uh, you know, talking to the Holy Spirit and inviting Him to be a part of. You know, we we spent all last all last year talking about the supernatural, and and really anything supernatural is going to involve the Holy Spirit. I mean, because it's the Spirit of God. You know, it's God's Spirit on resting on us, in us, through us. I mean, uh, you know, wow. There's so much we can say about it. So I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about uh, as we learn about the Holy Spirit and, and uh, get, to, get to talk about the Holy Spirit. And, and man, I, I may, you know, if you got some cool stories about the Holy Spirit, I, I, I may get you guys to share some and let you guys share some, some of your experiences with the Holy Spirit. I think it's good that, that we hear from everybody. You know about our experiences with the Holy Spirit. So, uh, if you've got a good testimony you want to share, let me know, and we'll give you an opportunity to do that. Amen. All right. Well, let me pray for you, 
and we'll, we'll go tonight. Father, we love you. Um, we thank you for the time we had tonight. Thank you, Father, we do thank you for the Holy Spirit. Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for living big on the inside of each one of us. Thank you for being our friend. Thank you for um, being our strengthener, our advocate, our standby, our intercessor, um, our teacher, uh, to, to lead us and to guide us. Oh, Holy Spirit, we, we, we lean on you and, and we, we invite you into every area of our life. Uh, we don't want to uh, exclude you from anything. We want you to be a part of everything we do. So thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for, for, for pouring out the, the gift of the Holy Spirit we have on the inside of us. And, and Holy Spirit, thank you for being big on the inside of every one of us. I pray now the next couple of days that, Holy Spirit, you would make yourself known uh, majorly to each one of us. Lord, you would give us opportunities. Holy Spirit, you would, you would speak to us and that we would, we would be quick to hear and that we would hear and obey quickly. And, and that you, as you lead us and as you guide us in, in our day-to-day walk these next couple of days, Father, leading up to, to Sunday. And I, I just thank you for being a part of all of our lives. You're so wonderful. And we, just, we, bless, we bless you, Father, just for all that you've done. We thank you, Jesus, for, for all you've done. And Holy Spirit, thank you for all you're doing in our lives. So we love you and we honor you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. You're dismissed.